for sure. I like delving into philosophy just like the next one, but that doesn't mean that fart jokes aren't. Depends <laughs> on the timing. Creatures. I'm Eileen. And I'm Michael. And welcome to Small Business Happy Hour. Our goal is to provide stories, insights, and perspective on the ups and downs of business and to create a community of small business owners, solopreneurs, and side hustlers. Cheers. Ooh, cheers. Stat time. Yeah, let's check in on our stats. A quick comment about what we're feeling, what we're chasing, and celebrating our wins. I'm full of feelings. Oh, yeah. My feeling, manic. And I I know we're going to get into definitions in a little bit. I really do love to look up definitions of words just to hear what the potential of the use of a word could mean. Interesting. So I, just to be clear, I do not feel insane because manic and insanity uh-huh. go hand in hand. I preferred more frenetic. Okay. In but not in like an uncontrolled way, just more like I'm bing bonging around a lot. It's a bing bong, and I believe it was Fat Joe that said, "I'm all the way up, so you can stay up. I'm gonna keep staying up. I'm feeling super manic, and I'm up, not in a negative way. Just it's a lot, and I'm gonna tackle it with more energy. Up, up, up. Let's go. All right. I love it. I'm feeling, it's interesting because like mine is very less defined, Mm -hmm. but I feel like I'm evolving. Mm. I'm shedding the layer of skin and this new one is coming out. Part of it is that we're hitting a little bit of a stride with the podcast. This is episode four. We're putting it out there on social media. That feels really good. I'm working on my business a little bit. And yeah, I just think that... um, I'm very open to the idea that things aren't going to look like this forever and that both excites me and terrifies me, but it's exciting me more now. So I'm like more open to the the shedding of the skin and that evolution. I mean, a skin shed is pretty powerful stuff. Mm-hmm. And later on, if anybody checks out that I like made our social media things live, you can see some some actual skin sheds from snakes in my garden that are in my oh. vision, my vision area, I would call it. It is beyond a board. But if they listened last week, then they know we were boarding. So yes, shedding your skin is actually a wonderful thing because how does one evolve? And then like in the beginning, you're kind of vulnerable when you come out, but you had all this experience. It's great. When it keeps on going back to um, internal family systems of like, do you, what is the outermost version of you? And are you having communication with eight-year-old you who just Mm. wanted to be picked on the team and teenage you who is going through all the emotions that teenagers go through? And college you and young adult you, like all those people still live inside you. And- You peeling back the layers there, friend? Oh yeah, constantly. Nice. But more now and like I'm more open to that and like looking forward to that now. Yeah, because deep down at the core of us, that's where all the the good stuff is. Mm. And if I'll just like touch on my favorite, the Enneagram, you know, what it talks about is like what we are after deep down inside and whatever 
we were when we were young, what our primary motive was when we were super young. And I love that you're like feeling that feeling of getting in touch internally. Cause I think about shedding skin as like, you know, going away and then like it not being a part of you anymore. And I feel like you're saying it in a different way. It's like, you're more like going inward. Yeah. Oh yes. Yes. Going inward, thinking about what new version is going to be. But I think sometimes you're forced into that because of like life circumstances. And sometimes it's just like this underlying feeling of like something different is coming. Nice. And we either, you know, run away from that or we welcome that with open arms. Let's lean in. Let's lean in. Um, I'm going to go ahead and chase and chase for a second. You know, chase it. Because I'm chasing what you've been chasing for the first few episodes. Let's chase with our chaser. Chasing some comfort. Oh, <laughs> um, welcome. Yeah. I, I moved on. So I, oh, I'm so happy that you're there. This is perfect. How's that comfort chase gone? Uh, it, it's been a roller coaster oh, this last week. Okay. Um, but what I found interesting was I'm absolutely 1000% chasing comfort. And that comes in kind of two ends of the spectrum for me. When it comes to what I'm like working on, like when, when I'm working and I'm in this, like I need something that feels comfortable, I go to either end of the spectrum. I either want a job where I'm like copying and pasting mm-hmm. or I want something so super creative that I can just like dive in. And, you know, for me, it's like I, I want to check every script font on this website and which one really captures the brand and how, <laughs> what colors really emote the Yeah. So I, but, but I can only do that for so long. I think anyone can only do that for so long at at any given time. So pairing that with like, uh, oh, this is very, I can go down the checklist. I can feel accomplished. I can copy and paste and kind of feel really good about, you know, checking things off the list. You love checking. Yeah. And it's very much like I'm feeling comfort in work because I I need to play other roles in family and, and other areas of life. And when things are tough at home, uh, one of the things that I teach in the salon is that we could, we have the power to leave our personal life at the door. It's a little harder for you because you live like, and you live and work in your space, but sometimes you get out of it. But I always like to think that I'm, I'm wearing a suit like on the outside of me. And when I'm walking into the salon that I take it off and I leave it outside and that then I can like move into the next thing unencumbered by whatever was happening to me. And that always found comfort in work. That's so fascinating to me because I think a lot of people feel the same way, but do it in reverse. They walk in the door and that's when they put on their suit mm-hmm. so that they can work and feel accomplished or, or whatever. Mm-mm. And then when they get home, that's when they take it off and it's like the real them. Mom suit, Eileen suit. Wileen suits on, but like mom suits definitely off mm-hmm. other than I become the salon mom instead of the canter mom and people do need to be mommed. And I like to, uh, there's a silly thing that I like to teach because my mom was a stylist of 30 years and her name was Mary and her mom's name was Mary and my dad's mom's name was Mary. So I like to say all the powers of Mary are with me. Walking into this space so I can mom you like really hard. Nice. Because everybody needs to feel loved and yeah. that I might need it, but if I give it, then I will find comfort in my work and I can let go of the garbage that's happening maybe in my personal life or things that are happening in the world that are really hard to digest. But like, why would you just like love on a bunch of people? Heck yeah. There's comfort in work for sure. What are you chasing? Chasing relief. Ooh. 
there's a bunch of pressure building around my goals. So, you know, last week we were talking about goals and success and you know, because you help me with my online presence and what we're trying to do behind the scenes and put the registered apprenticeship program up in front of the audience, right? I, I want people to know that our goal is to give people sustainable careers in this industry and that it can feel good and that we can be a team and that we can help each other and support. And like, it's like a tea kettle at the moment that there's a lot of really great things happening. It is all happening at once. It is building and building and building. I'm starting to hear the beginning of the tea kettle. It's not a full whistle, but oof, it goes back to frenetic energy. Yeah. It's like, it's very much building. So we want to blow the whistle because that means I'm going to get some relief. Sure. So registered apprenticeship week is the second week of November. It's coming up really soon. I'm like it's happening now, right? Yeah. It's now. We're going to be talking about it more and more because it's hopefully something that'll be on people's minds. So chase some relief. Two things come to mind. Yeah. One, you should invest in an electric kettle where it just turns off after it's done. I have that at work. Okay. But in the Cantor home, we like to use things until they fall apart. So our tea kettle <laughs> was a wedding gift from 2005 and it still works. And you know, when it gets grimy, we scrub it and we polish it and we keep it going. So it's really old, but we both love on it. And you know, Adam and I got into a whole conversation about like relief because there's some things economically in the world right now that are happening and it is very stressful to people who are dependent on the economy. So relief would be nice, not just for me, but for all of us. Absolutely. I'm a focus on it. Yeah. Well, what I think is, is a good question to ask yourself when you feel that pressure building is does that need to come out in one foul soup where things kind of like explode out or can you like press the lever a little bit and let a little bit out? Oh, is it like how I like to open a champagne bottle? Like, I'm sorry, Prosecco very slowly so I can feel it. And then you just kind of like, let it go. Mm -hmm. I don't let it fly. Absolutely not. But I don't have control over how the apprenticeship stuff happens. It's like, yeah. I've been talking about it for such a long time and building up this pressure. And there is a tipping point because so many people have been asking me about it now and I've been waiting for this moment. And now it's like, you did it, you planned for it. Now you have to execute. I'm doing it. It's happening right now. It's happening from nine to two today. And it's a very lively environment where people were really happy. Mm -hmm. And that that's all that I want. That's great. And at the same time, I have no control over how it's going to happen or how rapidly my plans will come. I just want some relief. Sure. And I think that, look, there's some times where the water's about to boil and you Woo! can say like, can feel hey, let me just like open the lid a little bit and let some of that pressure out. And there's other times where, guess what? It's going to boil over. It's not up to me. And sometimes you just have to let it because I mean, I that's will. the only way to, to do that. Oof. Yeah. Goals. So I'll lead right into that. Stay the course. Mm. You put up a vision, you made a plan, now you have to stick to your vision and your plan. Just because you're feeling the pressure, feeling squirrely, you're not sure how things are going to turn out, it doesn't mean you turn back. It doesn't mean you regret. It means this is what I chose. I'm going to see it through. And if it doesn't work out, I'm going to learn. So I'm just trying to stay the course of the plan that I set in place that you are helping me with in my own business that my wonderful manager, Christy, 
assist me with constantly. We made a plan, we're sticking to it, and now it's not going to stop. So I have to see it through to the end. Just, <laughs> just loop it all together. Yeah. And that, that you absolutely have that stick to itness, and the plan will evolve. It will. Um, so my, I'm more of celebrating a goal, but, um, my parents happen to be in town and, uh, they love coming and visiting their granddaughter and I I love seeing them. Um, I feel like each time they come, especially since starting my business, I'm able to show up in a more open and authentic way to them because there's a confidence, there's a, 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 assuredness in me that like you know as you know it's different when people are paying you and your name's on the wall absolutely so as that happens more and more it gives me the kind of like gravitas if you will i love that word (laughs) me too (laughs) um to to just like it's not like a not caring i care deeply about my parents we have a great relationship but it's a this is how I am. And like, you can't tell me that I'm wrong because it it's working. So, you know what I would say as a parent that our goal is so that our child would say exactly what you're saying right now. I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to do it with confidence. I'm not going to worry about what you think about what I'm doing. I'm just going to do it. And it, we're going to go ahead and say, thanks. Yeah. Thanks parents. Thank you for giving me that swag way early on in my life to just go do my thing. Heck yeah. You'll be fine. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah, they won't always like it. No, and they won't always huh. agree with it. And or for understand. Me, that's the thing. Yes, <gasps> spot on. They won't always understand. Oh. No. And that's okay. You're the different people. They have different lives. Like, we have vastly different experiences now. And that's okay. There's it, still things to learn from each. Of course. I'm not going to try and teach my parents search engine optimization because I've tried to explain that to them many times. And that's okay. They don't need to get that. My dad likes a paper phone book. Ooh. <laughs> like, Dad, there's this thing on the internet. It's called Google. You could just type in where you want to look, and then it will tell you. And you could click directions to get there at the same time. No way. Doesn't want any of that. Where's that paper phone book? I was like, oh, yeah. boy, Chicago, put it away. Um, can you pull up MapQuest.com? <laughs> I need a printout Thank of those you. directions. Yeah, print, print those out. Oh, we'll goodness. So I am very excited yeah. today. We're going to talk about one of my favorite subjects mm-hmm. because I would say 80 to 90% of the clients that I talk to all suffer from this at some oh, no. point or another. What are they suffering from? They're suffering from something we love to call imposter syndrome. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. So as we like to do, we're going to start with our own individual <laughs> definitions. Um I found my definition from Google oh. slash Wikipedia. Oh. Um, some, you know, some say that it's reliable. Um, so imposter syndrome is the persistent inability to believe that one's success is deserved or has been legitimately achieved as a result of one's own efforts or skills. All right. How do you define it? I am going to quote a very wise young man that I spend a fair amount of time with, my wonderful brother, Peter. When someone is cooler, faster, smarter, or stronger than you, and they're your teammate, and that somebody might find out that you aren't cool, fast, smart, and strong like they are, 
So that's the like less sophisticated Uncle Peter version of imposter syndrome. I love the less sophisticated Uncle Peter version. <laughs> it's so real. Yes. We can talk about definitions, but like what it boils down to is like, for me, imposter syndrome is the fear of being found out as not being worthy or not being qualified or being incompetent. And I think that's a feeling that most people suffer from at some point in their lives. I want to pull up my notes about this. I spent some time, as I said earlier, because I was teaching from nine until two, and I got the chance to visit with a lot of different people about what imposter syndrome is. For me, it is that I have an ideal version of myself in my mind and that I don't actually think that I would ever be able to achieve what that ideal version of myself is and that that's just like a picture in my brain. And it was funny because, you know, you had this on the outline of all the topics of things we would be talking about. And I started thinking about it organically this morning and went to yoga and my favorite instructor, Mark, was teaching. And he is a beast in the way that like he will hand us our ass while we're in class and at the same time give some philosophy. And today's gem was that we don't believe the good things that other people think we are capable of. So these other people in our lives are like, oh my gosh, you've achieved so many things. You've done so great. Like, look at all the things that you're doing. You're doing amazing. And you don't believe them. And I, after that class was like, oh my God, I do have imposter syndrome <laughs> because I don't even see anymore any of the steps that it took for me to get where I am. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to get to the next plateau or this ideal version of myself when I have all these wonderful people telling me, Eileen, you already did it. It's so interesting because it brings up a whole new thing that I didn't even think about. Whoops. <laughs> facts versus beliefs. Mm. It can be, I mean, like how we create facts is... Who knows how we do that these days? But like, it could just be like, we could go down the list of all of the accomplishments or qualifications or why you are very primed to do the things that you do. But if you don't believe it, what good is it? Now that can, uh, in reverse, that can be very dangerous. I'm feeling you... the pain right now. <laughs> As a four on the Enneagram, I immediately retract into the hole. <laughs> Um, if you believe it and there's none of that, that competence behind there. Okay. We, we run into some challenges. Mm -hmm. We run into a little bit of narcissism. Dangerous, but there needs to be that belief. And I've had people debate, fake it till you make it with me. Okay. So let's get into it because I asked everybody in the salon today that I came into contact with and was like, Hey, started this podcast with my friend. We're talking about imposter syndrome. I just want to know what you think about it. And one of my dear clients, her name's Stacy. She is schooled in the Waldorf mentality of teaching, just very enlightened. And she said, fake it till you make it. And I thought it took imposter syndrome and it flipped it all on its head to be like, you show up in the place that you want to be. You do the best that you can until you are. To me, fake it till you make it became in the context of imposter syndrome, a way to be like, I'm going to show up in this group 
with people who have achieved more than I have. I'm going to learn, I'm going to grow, and I will become it because I'm around it. It's not a farce because you're, you're, you're open-minded to learning. I think in that context, I don't disagree with that. Mm-hmm. I just don't like the, I don't like the idea of faking it because you're not faking it. You're not. If you're truly authentic, you can just say like, hey, I'm just learning this. I mean, I'm sure you, you experienced this. You have apprentices. Yes. Apprentice I. I don't know. <laughs> it's like a cactus. <laughs> and cactus cacti. We are very open and upfront about the fact that they are learning this new skill and we're going to be right there. Are they faking it or are they just learning? And if they're just learning, then it's not like- They're I'm learning, pre- they're faking the confidence because most people, when they first start touching, they're they're nervous about the touching part and that Fair. they will- fake that confidence until it is just natural. So uh, maybe it isn't fake. It, it is trying, it is learning, but I think sometimes people need an example of how to do it. And then they make their own way based on what they observed. Sure. But isn't that, it's more of it like- It is learning. I'm not saying it's not. It is. <laughs> and it's like more like experience it until you make it. And like, Fine. Keep having I guess those. that's better. Well, it doesn't rhyme, and I hate things <laughs> that don't rhyme. So like, now I'm I'm stuck in this cycle. <laughs> um, but there's something about like I, I I'm somehow more comfortable with it if it's a faking the confidence, not faking the skill. If you have room to grow on the skill, you have room to grow on the skill. Agreed. We all have room to grow on skills. No Always. one is perfect at anything. Well, what were you saying to me when we were warm enough for this about? like flipping it into a positive space and that, yeah. that thing, because so I when got juice I was, on it. Um, <laughs> when I was researching this, uh, there was, I was listening to all these other podcasts and there was one by Jay Shetty, who's like a leader in the wellness world and has one of the most phenomenal voices you will ever come across. <laughs> British, a little it's raspy. It's, it, uh, it's, it's very it's heartwarming. Um, so he he kind of like explains his philosophy on it of you're always feeling imposter syndrome if you're in a growth mindset. So if you're growing, if you're learning, you're going to keep experiencing imposter syndrome because at its core, what it is, is a sign that you have a new skill to learn or a new experience to have. And I like to take that one step further and say like, Imposter syndrome is an opportunity. Yes. So when you get that feeling, ooh, am I qualified to do this? Mm, should they hire me? Like, are they going to You might find not me be. Out? Yeah. You have the chance to say, is this a skill or experience that I want to have yeah. or don't I? And if you say, I don't, guess what? I don't want to do that. Then guess what? You just found out you're more sure of like the path that you're on is the right path. And you can like kind of rest assured that you are doing what's right for you, what works for you. Because what's right for you is not going to be what's right for me. Hmm. And a willingness to try. Exactly. I, I agree. It can be positive. And it's great to always show up in a space thinking that you don't know everything because you don't. Mm-hmm. And that in the context of art, that even the things that you think you know could be challenged by science. 
So like we can talk about the theory of color all we want and that certain things are just anomalies and that I, I would never show up in a learning environment thinking that I know everything. I, I will say that I have a lot of experience. I would never say like to people when I'm teaching that I'm an expert because that would imply that I have learned everything there is to learn and I will never. So super experienced. Absolutely. Lots of opinions without a doubt. So like, let's, let's flip it again. Okay. Let's play this out in our minds. Let's say you experience, you come across someone yeah. who never experiences imposter syndrome. They already know everything that there is to know about uh, everything. I've met that person. <laughs> yeah. I've met plenty of them. Guess what? They're my least favorite people. Oh, it's, yeah. It's a really yucky feeling to be around somebody who's, they know more than you about everything already. And like, that's... <laughs> I'm sorry, that's just not true of anyone. I'm just glad that they can simplify it for me because if they know everything, then I can only look one place now. <laughs> the next time I have a question about something, I know exactly who to call and you're going to tell me what's up. And that that might be your perspective. I love that for you. <laughs> I love because as we extrapolate it, I'm like, it just gets more and more ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous because it is because if you have, um, if you're open to learning and you have a growth mindset Imposter syndrome can be a good thing because you are open to being around a bunch of people who might know more than you or differently mm -hmm. than you and that you're willing to accept and learn. Or in my family, we like to say sponge. We'll Ooh, sponge that. I'm going to sponge that a little bit. So I'm going to, I'm going to like absorb a bit mm -hmm. of what you're doing. And maybe I might absorb you to the point where I, I might take some of the things you said and change it into the way I might say it so that it feels comfortable to me. And if that means that I get better and feel more comfortable, that's a win. It's a huge win. And you can high five the person who taught you to be like, thank you for teaching me like how to move through that process. I wasn't sure. And now I have this formula that I can play off of and that feels better. It's great to have people to look up to, and and your students can be those people. Also, it turns out I I love that you said that because like what I would urge everyone to think, and like reframe this this like kind of convoluted topic is, it's not about learning. Yes, it's about learning the skill. It's about having the experience. But then even more so, it's about making it your own, because when you make that skill and that experience your yeah. own, then no one can take that away from you. And show me the imposter. Who is like show me the person who is living their truly authentic genuine life and like i sound so like hippie wellness older come on that's what we're doing fully here embodying <gasps> their their presence and is also feeling imposter syndrome yes. when you're fully authentic you've had the experiences you've gained the knowledge you've practiced this and you have the confidence to go forth and be merry and, and provide this service to the, the world and to the, your community. And no one is going to take that away from you. Well, and in this little gem where I was talking to my client, Stacy, and we talked about fake it till you make it, and then we rambled on, we all feel this way. We all are spinning our wheels internally. We are all thinking that we don't know it. We are all having touches of imposter syndrome around every corner. And to instead of be shamed about the negative self-talk, how about we just accept that it's going to happen and that we meet that voice with, you know, here are the steps that I'm taking to like 
move out of that. Or like, I hear you little voice, but that's not actually my reality. We all feel imposter syndrome in some way or another. Absolutely. Let me pose a question that we don't need to answer, but Mm. but everyone should should think about. So I love that. Is anyone 100% qualified to do anything? Oh. I mean, I feel like I'm 100% qualified to cut hair. But like, (laughs) (laughs) I agree with you. I agree with you. As I am 100% qualified to give you marketing advice. You are. But like, I I think that we're both probably like 98 to 99%. Okay, okay. Am I 100% qualified to be a parent? Absolutely not. No one is 100% qualified to be a parent. Okay, so like, no, I, I feel pretty confident to like throw myself into any cutting project and never be nervous. Like, that's just my strong suit. I agree. That's different. But parenting, absolutely not. I feel like at any moment, somebody could be like, who gave you these children and why are they still here? <laughs> <laughs> How did you do that? Um... I feel grossly underqualified for being a parent and I'm just like winging it and doing the best that I can. Have you ever come across someone? I know that you would come into it a hundred percent confident. Yeah. And, uh, and, and instill that upon whoever's sitting in your chair. Yeah. But have you ever come across something where you're like, Oh, I've never done a haircut like that. Or your Mm -hmm. hair falls a little differently. Sure. I think there's like that one or two percent that like it's it's that recognition. There's still some learning to do or I might not be perfect at everything. And that I think what I would like urge everyone to take away is like, that's okay. That's actually great. You shouldn't be perfect at everything. That sounds exhausting. Like I would be willing to throw myself into it. Different. Me too. Whatever it is. I want the puzzle when it comes to like, especially when there's, um, sometimes I like find a new client. I'm like, oh, you're a marketing dream. You get to educate and it's interesting and you like a sense of humor and this is all great. So I love figuring out all those like little puzzle pieces, but there's so many ways to, there's so many different outcomes and then there's so many paths to all those various outcomes and you kind of have to try them all, which means that yep. there's nothing that's the hundred percent right way path answer no that that's absolutely true and i suppose that the the greatness it is not imposter syndrome in the place of comfort because if you're in the your most comfortable zone and you're okay to like throw yourself into something you're being great yeah just keep keep throwing yourself in and and i'm sure you've had moments with clients where you're like that didn't go exactly the way that i planned and let's try a different strategy. And I think that gets you into a more healthy place because you learned something and then you get to grow. Exactly. And it, it improves your process. Oftentimes when I've had like a rough client experience, the questions I'm asking is not what could I have done better? It's like, what questions should I have asked at the very beginning Hells yeah. to try and suss this out a little earlier? What did I forget to ask in my consultation before I started this process? Mm-hmm. But there's still going to be the wild card. You can't, right? We can't think about the other person in that process. When that stuff happens, we have to focus on us, our process, how we arrived in the space, ask the questions. We'll get ourselves out of this feeling of imposter syndrome because whatever lessons we like took from that thing, we're going to do it better and differently the next time. Mm. 100%. 100%. Talked about it last time. That's that stoic stuff. 
We win or we learn. We win or we learn. Let's break it down for a second. At its core. Yeah. Imposter syndrome is feelings of anxiety. Yeah. Fear of failure. Perfectionism. Self-doubt. Unworthy. Unworthiness. Show me the person that doesn't experience that at some point. And that's everybody. Everyone experiences it. So, like, we all can relate to this. And it's, I would urge you to, like, have a relationship with your imposter syndrome. If you can take a step back when you're, like, getting that feeling and you can say, is this an experience I want to have? Is this a skill I want to learn? Yes. Great. New task. Let's let's add it to the calendar. No. Okay. Let's <sighs> let's let's redirect. Yeah. We we can just recognize that in modern society, social media makes it fucking impossible to not feel this at certain points in your life. Please only go on social media if you're looking to sell stuff. You're on there to sell, you're on there to buy, you're not <laughs> on there to compare. Please don't compare. Please don't. And walk away if you are. Recognize that the algorithm is trying to keep you on there and trying to make you feel all the emotions, but you can direct the algorithm to mostly feed you positive emotions. You can. Take the extra time to only follow people that you like the messaging, that makes you feel inspired and motivated, not unworthy and more self-doubt. Right. Like for the hairstylists that may potentially be listening to this, duh hair guru on Instagram is definitely one for me. Get your swag up, get your hustle up. We're ready to do it. Let's stay positive. No BS accepted. We Love need that. that kind of influence in our life. Not about like wanting one upping somebody. Don't show up in that space being like, I am cooler, faster and stronger than you. The minute I even see it or smell it, I am unsubscribing from you and I don't want to look at you. I'm looking for you to build up the people that are looking at your content. How are you serving this very scary, sad world that we live in sometimes? It's not always, but right now it's a little scary and sad. So it's a little scary and sad. How do we raise up with our social media and imposter syndrome? Absolutely. If you keep looking at people who say, I'm like, it it is a farce anyway. You know, we're struggling behind the scenes. Like it looks pretty. You have no idea what's happening behind the scenes. Come on now. Don't be fooled by any of it. Yeah. You can edit a social media post to try and edit real life. Oh, if only. Yeah, that's not how that works. Think about the edits. Ooh. This is going to be another topic for another time. Yeah. But I'm sure you have a lot to say about how our ego plays into our our sense of self and our sense of like business self. Sure. Because you have to have you you have to have a strong sense of ego to like say like I'm gonna do this on my own. People are gonna like write that check out to me. Yes. I'm going to put people on my payroll, and I know that I can manage that. And that can get taken out of context and go further than it's supposed to very easily. You have to show up in the space confident and ready to do it for sure. And I think that goes more to vision than anything. I like to check the ego. 
and I'm actually not like a super large podcast listener. I truly only listen to Ryan Holiday. Like that's pretty much it for me. I had a couple others that I listened to and it comes up over and over and over again. I don't even want to look at what other people are doing. I want to focus on what I'm doing. I'm going to show up in the space with my opinion, my opinions and my feelings and my perception. And I'm hoping that you will hear me and see me and agree. And not everybody will, but you just have to, you have to show up. It isn't about your ego. You need to check your ego at the door because people are going to challenge that idea of what you have of yourself. You got to stick to what you think is right. What your, what your vision is. Absolutely. And more power to you for knowing what works for you and knowing mm-hmm. what doesn't work for you. Yep. And feeding, feeding the wolf that is yep. feeding you, you know, without a doubt we have to. We, we don't want to leave without a little dose of Michael's marketing magic. Shing. It happens to be November. Whenever you're listening to this, it doesn't matter. This is going to be helpful no matter what. But in November, I always think of Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, mostly I think of the sandwich that I eat the day after Thanksgiving, mm, which is sandwich. my favorite sandwich of the year. Absolutely. The, the little slice that I would take right now is that thanks and appreciation should go both ways. So hopefully your your clientele are showing their thanks and appreciation to you. Without a doubt. Hopefully after your service. Yeah. Maybe with a tip or whatever that looks like. But I feel so many brands miss the opportunity to express their gratitude to their clientele, to their communities that they serve. Because A, they wouldn't be in business if they didn't have those communities. No. Whether local or digital or whatever. Nope. And if you if you if you Take the extra time, effort, and energy to do that right. You have such an amazing opportunity to showcase that you truly understand who your clientele are, who your yeah. community is. And it's one of those moments that seems like a throwaway email or social media post. It's not. But turns a customer into a loyal, raving fan. And that's what we all want. A patron of the arts patron of your <laughs> your business expertise yes for you I, yes <laughs> for you <laughs> patron of the arts for me for sure um love that so if you've made it this far mm-hmm. thank you so much for listening oh we're so grateful for you so so grateful um thank you for being on the journey with us uh please i'm not gonna say it please please like share subscribe and uh from what i've been hearing please rate us on oh apple podcasts is, is the that best a thing i'm not an appler nor am i i'm more of a spotifyer i'm, I'm an, an iphoner and i'm an android oh oh well i guess oh. this is the last episode of our podcast um, <laughs> <Everything's> canceled <laughs> but like subscribe sh- and, and more importantly share. share it share it with friends share it with family like anyone who you think would get something out of this and uh we'll see you next time Can't wait. Cheers.